you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We are where we eat. We'll go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at LAist.com events. It's a Saturday morning about a month before voting starts in 2018, and I'm inside the sanctuary at Ward AME Church in South L.A. I'm here to moderate a debate between Alex Villanueva and incumbent Sheriff Jim McDonald. (laughs) Esther Lim organized it. At the time, Esther worked for the ACLU, going inside L.A. County jails and monitoring how people were being treated by deputies. As folks are getting seated, she walks up to the front, looking exasperated. You will soon notice that one candidate is missing from today's forum, and that is the current sheriff of Los Angeles, Jim McDonald. Sheriff McDonald is the establishment candidate. He's got the backing of everybody from the mayor of L.A. to the district attorney. But he didn't show up for this debate. His campaign manager says it's because Villanueva makes false statements about McDonald and the department. But I think McDonald also just didn't take Villanueva seriously. If you'd like, jump on Twitter and urge Sheriff McDonald to come to this event. It's not too late. In fact, he can come late. Just in case, I'm going to place this chair for him at the table should he decide to show up. There's a table up front with two chairs, one for me, one for Villanueva. Esther pulls up a third chair and tapes a photo of McDonald to it. The word missing is stamped across his smiling face. I take my seat. Alex, come on up to the stage and we'll start a discussion. And Villanueva joins me next to McDonald's empty chair. He's wearing a dark suit, white shirt, striped tie. His hair is close cropped and flecked with gray. He holds up the missing sign and grins as people take pictures. I lean out of the way. I don't want to be part of anybody's campaign. Oh, sorry. If McDonald was trying to delegitimize Villanueva by not showing up, he clearly failed. In fact, it's Villanueva using this opportunity to embarrass McDonald. I want to start uh, just sort of with a broad question um, and ask you, uh, what is the biggest issue, in your opinion, at the Sheriff's Department? The biggest issue facing the Sheriff's Department right now is a crisis of leadership. It was a crisis of leadership that Villanueva thought only he could fix. You're listening to Imperfect Paradise, The Sheriff. I'm Frank Stoltz. In this episode, I'm going to show you how a no-name candidate with almost no leadership experience became the head of the largest law enforcement agency west of the Mississippi, and how, immediately after taking office, he made a series of outrageous decisions. When Alex Villanueva launched his campaign in front of the East L.A. Sheriff's Station, hardly anyone was there. I certainly wasn't. So his challenge was to figure out a way to capture voters' attention. And his best chance at that, winning the backing of a few key players in L.A. County politics. 
One of those people was Angela Casales. She runs CHIRLA, the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles. It's one of the most influential immigrant rights groups in L.A. So, okay, now we're in the office of Angela Casales, who runs CHIRLA. What's your favorite piece of art in here? What's my favorite piece of art in here? Well, I love them all, as you can tell. Her office is an altar to the immigrant rights movement. The walls are adorned with photos of marches and art of immigrants at work. Angelica has led Chirla for more than two decades. You know, I am an immigrant from Mexico. I grew up here in Los Angeles in Pasadena, California, in a home with undocumented parents, myself undocumented. We were able to then legalize our status. So obviously my work is really an extension of my own personal life. Angelica remembers meeting Villanueva for the first time a few months before the primary election. Oh, he was incredibly polite. He was also very proud of his ability to speak Spanish. So a little bit of English, a little bit of Spanish as we were having the conversation. You know, just a very open and charismatic individual. He told me the story of him being an officer and what he went through and and how hard it was actually in the department to advance, especially to advance as a Latino, that he really felt it was important that we had the representation he said that we deserved. And most importantly, that we also had a sheriff that understood why immigration was so important. Trump had been in office for two years at that point. So this was happening in a certain atmosphere. Of course. This was 2018, nearly two years into the Trump presidency, and Trump was making good on campaign promises to let fewer people in, kick more of them out, and make life difficult for those who stayed. That's after the break. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events. Hundreds of people are behind bars this morning after a massive crackdown by federal ICE agents. Federal ICE agents gave us this video shot during a five-day crackdown in Southern California. They arrested more than 200 people who they say are in the country illegally. ICE officials say criminals are still a priority, but that under the Trump administration's policies, any closed case may be reconsidered and an immigrant subject to deportation. You could really feel the fear across L.A.'s immigrant communities. For a while there, it seemed like ICE agents were being spotted everywhere. I remember getting calls from people who said they thought they'd seen ICE agents in their neighborhood or at the local 7-Eleven. Well before Trump was elected, the sheriff's department had been cooperating with ICE. L.A. County sheriffs had even given ICE agents an office of their own inside L.A. jails. That meant nobody got out of jail without ICE being able to know about it. 
In 2018, ICE detained nearly 1,000 people who were about to be released from jail. Angelica had spent her career trying to persuade successive sheriffs to stop working with ICE. State legislators agreed with her, and in 2018, they were considering a law to limit cooperation between local law enforcement and ICE. Sheriff McDonald opposed that. Villanueva supported it. I heard him say this again and again at the debate I moderated in the fall of 2018. People are afraid to report anything to local law enforcement for fear it's going to involve federal immigration. Federal immigration needs to be handled by federal authorities. Local law enforcement has no business being involved in immigration in any way, shape, or form. I am not going to allow ICE physically be inside the jail system. Their physical presence is part of the problem. Essentially, Villanueva was saying if he were sheriff, he would remove immigration agents from his jails. So he clearly understood the history and the key issues that we were trying to confront. And so at that moment, we were like, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity for us to change leadership and potentially by changing leadership, change the situation for our community. So that was why the choice was then to endorse Alex Villanueva for sheriff. Sounds like it was obvious. For us, there was no other choice at that point. Now, an endorsement from the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights. The former lieutenant and 30-year veteran of the force says immigrant support could swing the vote his way. Villanueva was not only promising to kick ICE out of the jails, he was really doing something that no other candidate for sheriff had ever done in L.A., he was placing his Latino identity at the center of his campaign. Mike Madrid is a Republican political consultant and analyst of Latino politics. He told me how Lee Baca, who was Mexican-American, ran for sheriff back in 1998. But he was not running as a Latino candidate. He was not. And he had to play that tricky role that, like an Antonio Villaraigosa did, who was running for mayor of Los Angeles his first time which was basically trying to downplay that Latino identity because the media wanted to talk about a first, the first Latino sheriff. And the demographics in Los Angeles County in the mid-late 90s did not allow for that kind of leaning into and embracing that identity as much as it does today. In the late 90s, L.A. County was almost half white. Today, it's almost half Latino. Soy Alex Villanueva, candidato para alguacil o sheriff del condado de Los Angeles. He sido policía por 32 años, pero no soy político ni soy burócrata. Soy reformador. Mike Madrid told me it was a good time to be running as a Latino and a Democrat in Los Angeles, and Villanueva knew it. The Trump era brings in something entirely different, and it was so strong, it was so intense, we actually saw a record turnout of Latinos in the midterm, something that nobody projected. In some areas, there was panic and hysteria around migration from Latin America. Fox News and other right-wing media stoked fear by reporting on caravans of migrants that were coming. Tonight in an Ingram Angle exclusive, we have word that yet another caravan is forming, one, of course, that our next guest says could be the biggest yet. Every moment of every day, there was a scare tactic to try to mobilize white, rural voters around the country for the midterms. Meanwhile, in much of Los Angeles, people were very concerned about immigrant rights. 
it was gelling together this multiracial, multi-generational rather coalition of Hispanic voters that normally were not voting in midterm or low turnout elections, and it catalyzed a historically high turnout. And that was what really propelled the Villanueva candidacy to success. Definitely piqued our interest because he was a Democrat running for this traditionally conservative and Republican-dominated post. Hans Johnson leads the largest Democratic club in L.A. County, the East Area Progressive Democrats. He doesn't usually get involved in sheriff's races, but Villanueva was pretty unusual. He was a proud Democrat running for an office that's been occupied by Republicans for over a century. There was not cause at that time to poke further into his own specific track record. He was a Democrat. The endorsement of the L.A. County Democratic Party is the best endorsement in town. So Villanueva started making the rounds to grassroots Democratic clubs, asking for their support first. He was laying the groundwork. He went to the Stonewall Democrats. The last time I spoke, there's been 138 years since the last Democrat was elected sheriff. So if you can help me in any way you can, get out the word, contribute to the campaign. To the Santa Monica chapter. And to the Cerritos chapter. My values are those are progressive values or democratic values. I have a deep understanding of how we can fix the department. It is a big mess. However, there is hope. Villanueva presented himself as a progressive, a reformer, an anti-Trump. Hans Johnson and other party leaders were beginning to get excited. The sense of emergency that our club felt was widely internalized by Democrats throughout L.A. County and beyond in California. So Villanueva benefited not only from positioning himself as not McDonald, more progressive on immigration issues, he benefited from this giant energy around the election itself, the midterms Trump. That's exactly right. Villanueva did it. He won the endorsement of the full L.A. County Democratic Party. And immediately, the party started working on his behalf. They sent out a mailer. I remember receiving it, actually. It juxtaposed a photo of President Trump alongside Sheriff McDonald. There was one other key group that helped Villanueva win, the deputies' union. Deputies were unhappy with what they saw as Sheriff McDonald's unfair discipline policies. Villanueva promised them he would fix that. And so the union gave him their endorsement and spent a million dollars on his campaign. History is made in the race for L.A. County Sheriff. Tonight, retired Sheriff's Lieutenant Alex Villanueva has been finally been declared the winner. Alex Villanueva, a first-time candidate, a surprise winner in a close election battle. In winning, Villanueva ousted the incumbent Sheriff Jim McDonald, a feat that has not been accomplished in more than 100 years. I think uh, what I represented and my platform resonated well with the residents of L.A. County. And I think I spoke to the heart of matters that was of concern for them. So they wanted to reform the department, and they understood that I had the ability to do so. Angelica Salas was at Villanueva's headquarters watching the returns come in. 
So when he won, we felt a great sense of possibility for change. Number two, we felt very proud of our own work because I think we really felt it was an underdog fight and that we were responsible. Hans Johnson of the East Area Progressive Democrats was in Eagle Rock. It showed a blue wave cresting locally here in Los Angeles County, and it showed that our concerns about federal immigration policy and Trumpism were galvanizing to Angelinos across the county. We saw it as a signal of hope against Trumpism. I remember being at Villanueva's campaign headquarters when he won. Well, I just want to give a, a, an update. We looked at the numbers. We looked at the... I was crouched on the floor in front of him and his wife, pointing my microphone at Villanueva's face. I'm going to declare this race is over. We won. Take us back four years ago in 2018 and how you felt the night you won. Well, there was a sense of uh, accomplishment, euphoria, that something had never been done before, at least in modern times, had occurred. And a sense of hope that, yeah, the, you know, the little guy can uh, beat the big guy. So the early days of a new sheriff typically are a honeymoon period. It didn't work out that way for being away with Politicians are famous for not actually doing what they say they'll do. So you never really know until they sit in the chair what kind of person they're going to be. That's after the break. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps. LAist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite L.A. restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at LAS.com events. So I want you to meet Max Huntsman. Are you rolling in there? Fantastic. Okay. And He's L.A. County's Inspector General. He's a former prosecutor who made his career busting corrupt politicians. His current job is to keep an eye on what's going on in the Sheriff's Department. And the idea really is to prevent something like the jail scandal under former Sheriff Lee Baca from ever happening again. He's supposed to have access to certain department files, and so when Villanueva took office, Max wrote to him about setting that up. Well, he never responded to our letter. He just ignored us. That was a big red flag. Number one, made me think, wow, this isn't getting off to a good start. And then we heard a lot of stories internally about this Truth and Reconciliation Commission and what they were doing, and, and, and they were very concerning. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission was one of Villanueva's campaign promises to the deputies union. 
He appropriated the words truth and reconciliation from places like South Africa, Argentina, and Rwanda that have convened national commissions to bring the country together after horrible human rights abuses. Villanueva told deputies he would set up this panel to bring back people he thought were wrongly fired. The Mandoyan case was the sheriff's first case, and we heard a lot about it, and it immediately triggered responses, and it was solid enough that you could find out pretty quickly something is horribly wrong here. If you've heard anything about Sheriff Villanueva, you've probably heard the name Mandoyan. And if you haven't, here's what you need to know. Karen Carl Mandoyan and Villanueva met back in the summer of 2018. That's when Mandoyan volunteered for his campaign. And the two kind of took a liking to each other, and Mandoyan became Villanueva's personal driver during the campaign. But Mandoyan had this troubled history with the sheriff's department. According to a report Max Huntsman later wrote, Mandoyan's trouble with the department started two years earlier. An ex-girlfriend, who happened to be a fellow deputy, said he was abusive. He hit her and grabbed her by the neck and sent harassing text messages. The deputy recorded a video of Mandoyan trying to break into her home, which was later made public. Get the f- out of my house. Get the f- out, Karen. Get the f- out. Get out. Stop, dude. Get out of my house. I'm calling the cops. Mandoyan is bent over, trying to wedge open a sliding glass door with a metal tool. Later, he tries to break into her bathroom window as she yells at him to stop. Get out! Stop, dude! Get out of my house! I'm calling the cops. The district attorney declined to press charges. The sheriff's department did an internal affairs investigation and later determined that Mandoyan had lied to them. Former Sheriff McDonald ended up firing him for the lying and for the abuse allegations. Mandoyan was in the process of appealing his firing when he began hanging out with candidate Alex Villanueva. Villanueva came to believe Mandoyan got a raw deal from McDonald, just like he believed the department had wronged him all those years ago by not promoting him and retaliating against him. If you watch the recording of Villanueva's inauguration, you'll see Mandoyan on stage, standing right next to him. I, Alex Villanueva... Hi, Alex Villanueva. Mandoyan is holding a polished wooden box of brass stars that the sheriff is pinning to the uniforms of his new commanders. Three weeks later, Mandoyan would have his old job back. Villanueva reinstated him. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Among the five members of the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, Catherine Barger is the most pro-law enforcement. Her husband is a retired sheriff's deputy. Barger and the deputies' union are tight. But bringing back Mandoyan, that was too much. And I think it spoke volumes to the lack of judgment in choosing that to be one of the first things you do is bring back someone who was fired for inappropriate behavior against a woman. Oh, by the way, a fellow deputy, no less. Okay, no less. What were you thinking when you're looking at it? I was angry, I was angry. I was angry. I was angry because to even have to debate or even try to convince someone that a sheriff's deputy that was terminated for inappropriate behavior against a fellow deputy that he was in a relationship with, why would you want that person wearing a badge? 
A few weeks after he hired Mandoyan, Villanueva was asked to appear before the Board of Supervisors. They wanted him to explain what was going on with his Truth and Reconciliation Commission. The whole Board of Supervisors saw it as a problem. Here's Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. I'm really worried and concerned about the message that is being sent in terms of reinstating deputies who have been accused and found to have committed uh, excessive violence or domestic violence. Every employee of L.A. County is an employee of this board. And it is not the case that any department head, in my opinion, including the sheriff, though you're independently elected, can simply do anything they want. None of us is so independent that we can do anything we damn well please. It's the supervisors versus the sheriff. Yeah, the L.A. County Board of Supervisors is taking on Sheriff Alex Villanueva over his decision to rehire a deputy who had been fired. Just a few months into Villanueva's term, the Board of Supervisors sued him, sued their own sheriff. I'd never heard of that ever happening before. Villanueva refused to back down. Here he is in August 2019, just after the lawsuit was announced. The facts are, this case is about five people, five powerful L.A. County supervisors who are suing the sheriff because they insist the sheriff cannot hire or fire employees, even though I was elected by the voters to run this department. We have to talk about, of course, Carl Mandoyan a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? I guess the question is, do you have any regrets about that? The timing, yes. I think the timing could have been better, for sure. Because one thing that I did not know walking in, that as a brand new sheriff, Latino, I had no credibility whatsoever with the political establishment. I was a suspect day one. Wait a minute, you were endorsed by the Democratic Party. Political establishment and the Democratic Party are not necessarily the same thing. And it does kind of feel like the reason you rehired him is that he was he was loyal to you. Nope, not at all. In our interview earlier this summer, Villanueva told me there were actually a bunch of deputies helping on his campaign who had previously been fired by Jim McDonald. And I told this to every single one of them. The only thing I can guarantee you two things. There'll be a new department. You'll have a chance to have your case reviewed. Hence the birth of the truth and reconciliation process. A judge sided with the supervisors in their lawsuit against the sheriff and told Villanueva to order Mandoyan to turn in his badge and gun. Villanueva told me he was suspicious of the judge's decision. And that same judge, six months earlier, gave a preliminary uh, ruling that it was okay. And then overnight, he did a 180 on his his own opinion. Well, that's what— Why? That's how it works, Sheriff. I mean, there are preliminary opinions, and then sometimes the the final opinion isn't the same thing. That's why it's preliminary. Facts didn't change at all. What are you saying about that judge, though? You really got to go outside of L.A. County to get a real— neutral opinion on, on law. You think somebody got to him? I, I can't say. Villanueva seemed to be implying that there were political forces at work behind the scenes. He also felt like he was being punished by the Board of Supervisors, who he thought had been against him from the beginning. After all, four of the five supervisors had endorsed his opponent, Jim McDonald. I think... Uh... McDonald was a, a favorite son of the Board of Supervisors. And he, he was endorsed by them. They do not like independent sheriffs. So while the Board of Supervisors lawsuit was going on, 
Max Huntsman opened his own investigation into the rehiring of Carl Mandoyan, and he found out that it was worse than he thought. Villanueva had tried to bring back Mandoyan even before he became sheriff. The LA Times reported that a week before Villanueva's inauguration, his chief of staff made an unusual request. He asked a high-ranking official in the McDonald administration to alter Mandoyan's disciplinary record and reinstate him. The idea was that it would not look like Villanueva had done it. When Max Huntsman finished his report, he sent a draft over to the sheriff before he released it publicly, something Max always does. And the next thing he knew, his normal computer access to department records was cut off. Now, Max and his staff would have to go to sheriff's headquarters to use their computers while sheriff's officials monitored them. And they were not allowed to download anything. They could only take notes. Max told me he assumed it was retaliation, and he went to see Villanueva. He left his office above the Grand Central Market and walked over to the sheriff's headquarters. Villanueva was waiting for him in his office. Was he yelling at you? What was he doing? No, he was just sitting there talking. He doesn't, he's not a, a man who waves his hands and rants and raves. He, his words might sound like ranting and raving, but he tends to not get too fired up. And he said, no, I want to talk about you, this report of yours. So we talked about the report. He said, your report is wrong. And I said, well, it's not wrong. It, it's all documented. And yet he said, no, no, Max, you're biased. Your report's biased. You're a political hack. You're hired by the board just to mess with me. Going into the meeting, Max was pretty sure the sheriff had no intention of giving back access to the department's databases. Now he was positive. And in the course of that, that's when he made the blackmail attempt. In my interview with Villanueva, the sheriff denied blackmailing Max. He didn't say that. He didn't flat out say that. What he said was, with quotations around it, if you do this, there will be consequences. And he said it like it was significant. I knew I was being threatened. That was pretty clear. But what exactly it was he was going to do to me was unclear. It became clear two months later when Villanueva's undersheriff announced the department was opening a criminal investigation into Max Huntsman. The alleged crime? Illegally downloading Villanueva's and others' personnel files. Max Huntsman says that after he gave you his draft report on what went down with mm -hmm. Mandoyan, you tried to blackmail him by telling him that if he released the report to the public, you might have to investigate him for possibly illegally accessing personnel files. What's your response to that? If it comes out of Max Huntsman, it, you can discard it. Man with zero credibility. This wasn't the only time I'd hear Villanueva respond to an accusation by trying to discredit the person making it. In fact, later, he would accuse Max of being a Holocaust denier. He never produced any evidence. Since becoming sheriff, Villanueva has opened or threatened to open criminal investigations into multiple people. What'd you do when you got home to your wife? I, I don't recall, but my wife was not happy about the news, and it has had a rather negative impact on our, our household because having to worry about whether or not the sheriff's going to bust in and arrest you or conduct a search warrant of your house is stressful. And that danger that somebody who is not trustworthy is in control of the largest law enforcement agency around and has the power of life and death over you is now targeting you. 
for political purposes and over something that is clearly not illegal. The idea that that makes you the target of a criminal investigation is very scary. The Mandoyan scandal happened just a few weeks into Villanueva's term. It might have been a one-off, but soon it would become clear that it was not. My question is basic. Mm. It's do you think deputy gangs are a problem in the sheriff's department? I think it's a problem of perception more than reality. That's next time on Imperfect Paradise, The Sheriff. Imperfect Paradise is a production of LAS Studios. This episode was written and reported by a bunch of us and hosted by me, Frank Stoltz. Our senior producer is Emily Guerin. Marina Pena is our producer. And Francisco Aviles Pino is our associate producer. Editing by Meg Kramer and Paul Glickman. Fact checking by Caitlin Antonios. Mixing by E. Scott Kelly. Original music by Jay Valle. Bruno Lopez Vega is our intern. Antonia Sarajido and Leo G are the executive producers for LAS Studios. Our website, las.com, is designed by Andy Cheatwood and the digital and marketing teams at LAS Studios. The marketing team of LAS Studios created our branding. Thanks to the team at KPCC and LAS Studios, including Megan Garvey, Tony Marcano, Taylor Kaufman, Sabir Brara, Kristen Hayford, Kristen Muller, Andy Orozco, Michael Cosentino, Donald Paz, and thanks to our VP, Shana Naomi Crockmall. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. This podcast was made possible with support from the Committee for Greater LA in partnership with the Weingart Foundation. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. The Colorado River is running dry. Water may not reach millions of people. If there's no water, there's no water for everybody. It's up to California's lead negotiator, a 28-year-old. This is a historic thing coming and six other negotiators to find a solution. I want an agreement that lessens the pain for all of us, not just some of us. Listen to Imperfect Paradise, the Gen Z water dealmaker, wherever you get podcasts.